Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... Wow, is this crazy or what? It's already April the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two. Our goal always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions at our fingertips. And as you also know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. We sure hope your weekend was full of God, family, and country as it ought to be. By the way, interesting enough, this is April the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. They always claim that the Patriots want to go ballistic on April the 19th. Remember Oklahoma City bombing and... Uh, I, I don't even remember what else, but they always talk about April 19th being a day of infamy for the radical extreme patriots. And I just want to clearly point out, ladies and gentlemen, that you've got to take a step back from violence as the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter and everybody else are committing on a daily basis and getting away with it. Communists and socialists are foaming at the mouth and at the helm. You and I need to stand strong for the sacred cause of liberty, but we need to remain peaceful. All right, don't get all radical. Understand there are checks and balances in the greatest country on the face of the earth, and we can peacefully solve our problems. We can tur- turn to Christ. That's what we need to do. We can turn to God Almighty, and he can heal our land and save us. That's the biblical opportunity provided by God to his children. That's all of us. And it's important that we take heed. So I just want to encourage everyone to remain extremely peaceful, not only on this day, but every other day as well. And uh, do not take the bait of those who want to incite violence, those who want to create insurrections. There are the few, those who are racist. There are some of those. You know, those people do exist, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just make it clear that we are not among them. All right. Welcome to the broadcast. This is indeed Liberty Roundtable Live. We are on the air six days a week, the seventh day, the Sabbath. We rest. And a hard-hitting talk at your fingertips via libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Our nationally syndicated radio network is lovingliberty.net. They have live and on-demand radio online, lovingliberty.net at your fingertips. They also have downloadable iPhone and Android apps. Check them out. They're free. Spread the word. Tell your neighbor. Would greatly appreciate it if you would. A quick recap of Saturday's show. Scientists have successfully created embryos that are made of both human and monkey cells in a search for transplant organs. That's National Public Radio. For the first time in history, U.S. and Chinese scientists, I guess, have both worked together. They've created embryos that are part human and part monkey. That is the eugenics movement live and well. I told you they're trying to dumb most of us down and make us monkey-like while they try to create an, an elite class that lives forever. And I mentioned to you this eugenics movement is alive and well, and people snickered and laughed and went, whatever, Sam. The same literal day I made the claims, National Public Radio rolls out that they created human monkey embryos. What do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? 
oh, we need to do it because the organs don't, you know. Do you want a human monkey organ as a replacement organ, ladies and gentlemen? What will they do with that? How much human monkey will you become over time? They use vaccines to modify your RNA. Experimentalists all get out. They put different kind of monkey organs in your bodies. And where are we headed with this? All right, ladies and gentlemen, Twitter permanently bans well-known journalist James O'Keefe. Yeah, why? Well, because he dared to stand up. Yeah, Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe announced on Sean Hannity that he's indeed suing Twitter. Following the banning of his account, they're making claims that aren't true, James says. I know from experience it doesn't go too well when you sue some of these people. The government just throws it out. Courts are usually on the side of big tech and big media and everything else. But you know what? Our prayers are with James. He hasn't lost a case yet, but I find it paradoxical to say the least that, you know what? James O'Keefe goes undercover and gets the goods on all these journalists and, and, and media people and everything else. What kind of a scandal they're all involved in and politicians and everybody else. And James wins his lawsuits so far. The people that go undercover to expose the baby body part industry via Planned Parenthood in bed with the Fed Food and Drug Administration. So Planned Parenthood in bed with the FDA to buy and sell baby body parts. No problem uh, for them to do it. And those who investigate it and expose the fraud and the criminal activity, they're the ones that get their heads handed to them in court. Very strange differences there. I wonder why and how. And I pray that honesty prevails in all of these cases, don't you? All right, I guess a, a star White House reporter grills White House spokesperson uh, what's her name? Jen Saki. Is that how you say it? Jen Saki. Anyway, asks why Biden insists that pro-life Americans pay for abortions. You know, why do pro-life Americans have to pay for abortions? Uh, Jen didn't like the question, obviously. But you know what? There's more and more people standing up for pro-life, and that's a good sign. Fauci admits that Biden and his administration are violating CDC COVID orders by packing illegals into small facilities. Yeah, so your promotion of the illegal aliens crossing the border is violating CDC COVID orders. So how do you deal with that? Maybe we ought to toss uh, old Joe and the administration in the clink, huh? Utah newspaper now runs cartoon comparing black Republican Representative Burgess Owens to a KKK member. I don't get how all that manipulation works, but there you have it. There's a greater Idaho plan that would make Idaho the third biggest state in terms of territory. They want to annex parts of Oregon, California, and Washington. They want to expand Idaho's border all the way to the Pacific Ocean. I'm not really for bigger uh, municipalities or bigger jurisdictional boundaries, ladies and gentlemen. The bigger we get. Remember, the biggest cities are the problems in America, so bigger jurisdictions aren't necessarily helpful. Beware of that. That was our Wendell Liberty Roundtable Live Hour 2. We had our guest on, Mr. Sheriff David A. Clark, Jr. If you're looking for compromise, you've come to the wrong place, he says. I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. AmericasSheriff.com was with me. And we talked about Sheriff David Clark, Jr., as former sheriff of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. He's president of America's Sheriff LLC. He's advisory board member for We Build the Wall, Inc. And he's also author of the book Cop Under Fire. 
Anyway, we had him on talking about herd immunity, not quarantine. Saves lives. We also talked about Second Amendment targeting criminal behavior, not guns. We must look at what prompted the shootings in the first place. Unfortunately, cops have backed away from the risks of doing true policing because they're afraid they'll be the next scandal story. Boy, is the sheriff right on that one. Black Lives Matter rioters assaulted a CNN staffer and chased the news team out of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota Wednesday evening. And the network didn't even mention it on air, even though they highlighted and covered the riots multiple times. They didn't mention that their own people got assaulted and kicked out and ran out. It just goes to show they don't know what to do, ladies and gentlemen, when their socialist narrative, their lies, that everything is all peaceful. They don't know what to do when that gets shaken up. So they didn't even, uh, you know, express concern for their own on TV. They didn't show the reality of what happened. Dishonest reporting. CNN proves their, I don't know what you call it, dishonest reporting once again. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. A sad tale to tell, that's for sure. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place Saturday. Still available online at lovingliberty.net, live and on-band radio at your fingertips. Spread the word, donate liberally, would you please? Without further ado, our guest, Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org, ronpaulinstitute.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thank you for having me back, Sam. I appreciate it. Good to be with you. You betcha, sir. There's so much going on, so little time. Let's start with Ron Paul making a valuable point. We better uh, act, well, he's act always, quickly, huh? Yes, he is so good at alerting um, us citizens to um, these nominations that are occurring at the at the national level. Uh, and you know where the the Biden, where a new administration, it doesn't really matter what party, whether it's Republican or Democrat. The president will want to appoint people to these agencies, uh, to head these agencies, uh, which, and these people are not always good people. They're not always, uh, you know, men and women of, of high, high moral character, uh, necessarily. They're, you know, some, some, some are, I guess a few are, are really good, but there's a lot that are, that are bad. I guess leave a lot to be desired. And such is the case here when Ron Paul is suggesting that we, um, uh, opposed David Chipman uh, for the head of the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms um, Agency, um, and Explosives, ATFE, I guess. He says, any senator who supports the right to keep and bear arms must oppose David Chipman's nomination to head the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Chipman's history of aggressive advocacy of gun control suggests that if he is confirmed, the ATF will become an even greater menace to the rights of law-abiding gun owners if his advocacy of gun control were not enough to disqualify Chipman. And so that's the first strike against him. Basically, Ron Paul is saying, look, this guy loves gun control. But then he gives us another reason, Sam. Let's get into the second reason in seconds, ladies guy. and gentlemen. Campaign for Liberty and Liberty Roundtable Alive. We'll be mobilizing all our efforts to oppose the nomination of anti-Second Amendment fanatic David Chipman. Hang tight. Lowell Nelson in seconds. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine. 
the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. <sighs> Honey, I know you're good at math. You don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? I'm never quite sure. But, you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, campaignforliberty.org on your radio. We're talking about Ron Paul wisely warning Americans you got to oppose David Chipman for the ATF. So Liberty Roundtable Live and Campaign for Liberty doubling down saying this Chipman guy is a nut. He's anti-Second Amendment is all get out. Putting him in charge of the ATF is insane. we got to oppose it. All senators who say they're for the Second Amendment better oppose this guy. And you and I need to put significant pressure on these people and do it now, Lowell. Amen to that, Sam. Exactly right. The first uh, disqualifier, the first reason to oppose Chipman, of course, is because he's such a huge gun control advocate. The next um, uh, reason is, is this. He said, he said, well, it's because of his involvement in tear-gassing the Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas in 1993. This was one of the ATF's most shameful moments, Sam, the 1993 massacre of innocent Americans, including children, at the Branch Davidian compound in Waco, Texas. The ATF used a CS tear gas against the Branch Davidians. Now, use of CS tear gas is prohibited under international treaties, as the U.S. signed just months before the ATF raided the Branch Davidian compound, but Chipman continues to defend and spread lies about that incident. And so here you got the fellow who defends the use of tear gas against innocent men, women, and children 
going up now to be nominated to to lead the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. I mean, it's hard to imagine, Sam, but 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 I'm sure there would be new atrocities just like this one if Chipman becomes chief of the Bureau of of, of ATF. So uh, we gotta we gotta notify our senators, and uh, these, these are U.S. senators this time, not state senators, but U.S. senators, and urge them, insist that they oppose this nomination. Sam. All right, our prayers are that we the people get it done because I'm telling you this guy place would be disastrous, especially with a massive crackdown and attack on conservatives right now. This whacked out Chipman guy will take it to the next level if past history is any indication. Oppose David Chipman. Call your senators. Uh, take action now. All right, another topic. Listen up carefully, folks. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. And Mr. President, we will see you every day, every hour of the day, everywhere that we are, to let you know you cannot get away with this. Thank you so very much. There she is, whacked out Maxine Waters. That was years ago. She said this when President Trump was in office, and literally they were abusing conservatives and Trump uh, administration officials, etc., in uh, restaurants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and they were just getting started. It's getting worse by the day. Uh, and now they claim Donald Trump's an insurrectionist because he said peacefully go to the Capitol and let your congressmen and senators know we want accountability with regards to vote fraud. We want to have a research and investigative reality into this and find out what's going on. And so, you know, most were peaceful. A few got crazy. The few that got crazy, I believe, were um, false flag provocateurs intentionally designed to do so. Uh, But no one's digging into that narrative enough to really document that, except for the very few. By the way, the folks at Red Pill Expo are digging into that quite a bit and getting to the bottom of it with a lot of videos compiled and everything else. So check that out. I digress, except to say Maxine Waters literally pushing violence at every turn. She's been doing it for years. That's the proof. Uh, And it's continuing now, Lowell. It is, Sam. And she was in Minnesota this weekend. We're talking just yesterday and the day before. And she's in fact, she's still there. I think she plans to be there until, yeah, today. I think she's leaving today. But while there, she got into some mischief. She's out talking to protesters again. And um, basically, there at Brooklyn Center in Minnesota, she joined protesters past curfew. And and I didn't know I didn't know they had a curfew there in, in Minnesota, or maybe it's just downtown. So let me stop you there. Center, I don't understand but, why if it's pa- why if it's past curfew and everything else, and she's joining protesters. I don't understand why she didn't get arrested. Yeah, I, and in fact, I don't understand why the other protesters didn't get arrested either. But that it was past curfew, and uh, and. She urged the protesters to, quote, get more confrontational, end of quote. And so just hours later, okay, so this is Friday night, she was with protesters, urging them to get more confrontational. Basically, she said, she said, she said this, quote, protesters got to stay on the street and get more active, more confrontational. They've got to know that we mean business, end of quote. That's the kind of rhetoric she was spewing there Friday night. 
Well, it turns out then just hours later at 4.19 a.m. local time, this would be early Saturday morning, a Minnesota National Guard and Minneapolis police team were targeted in a drive-by shooting. Sam, did you get that? Drive-by shooting. Three National Guardsmen were injured. Two of them went to the hospital for minor cuts from shattered glass. Fortunately, no one was killed. No one was, was hurt uh, really badly. And clearly, you know, there she is out there, you know, asking, begging protesters to become more confrontational. And, uh, and, and so obviously she needs to be impeached for incitement, right? Those are the rules, right? Sam, what do you think? Do you think Representative Waters... Oh, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. They're only the rules, uh, they're only the rules, Lowell, <clears throat> for people like you and me. <laughs> they're not the rules for the communists and the socialists and the left. The media gives them an absolute pass. And the proof in the pudding is, look, these uh, insurrectionists can literally create, uh, you know, mayhem across the country for night after night after night after night and no one really says a word in fact the end justifies the means for these people um we even have reported on news saying hey all the way from the local all the way up to the fbi whenever a black lives matter uh or antifa person gets into a scuffle with a conservative uh if the conservative is a victim and gets beat up then what happens is when the conservative tries to report this and say hey this has got to stop then they let the black lives matter or the blm or the the um Antifa person go, and then they file charges against the, the victim. And uh, this has been documented by the FBI all the way from the local to the FBI. They've turned a blind eye to this and protected these people for way too long. So do I think anything will happen to Maxine Waters? Absolutely not. In fact, she might get uh, promoted. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe the same thing, uh, Sam. Um, but, you know, I am interested to to see an article that our friend and uh, you know, Ken Cromar sent to us yesterday talking about in Illinois, a pair of government watchdogs were putting fear into Illinois politicians. They've been doing this for 10 years now. Um, if you want, if, if your listeners want to look this up, uh, you can, uh, you can Google for the Edgar County watchdogs. There's a gentleman named Kirk Allen and also a gentleman named John Kraft. They're in Edgar County, um, uh, Illinois, who have been uh, basically watchdogs um, and their local, you know, jurisdictions for 10 years now. And in terms of impact, it's been pretty incredible what they've been able to do, Sam. Their investigative work has resulted in 186 indictments, 28 convictions, and the removal of 425 officials and bureaucrats from public office. I think that's, that's incredibly... And let, me, and let me make this news. very clear. Let me make this very clear, Lowell. They've been doing it peacefully the whole time. Absolutely peacefully. Using uh, FOIA requests, you know, Freedom of Information Act requests, and Open Meetings Act requests, because Illinois has an Open Meetings Act. And uh, I even looked at the video one night, or last, uh, last night I looked at the video of them... The, the citizens uh, doing a citizen's arrest on an entire board um, of, of about, I don't know, six, eight, ten people who were refusing to allow private citizens to testify. It was, it was an open, open meeting, right? And any open meeting in Illinois requires that public, uh, that citizens, the public, be, be allowed to testify, to speak. 
Well, this board was not allowing them to speak, and so the fellow, uh, I don't know which, which one it was, <laughs> Alan or Kraft, stood up and said, okay, I'm, I'm now informing you that you're under arrest. You know, citizens arrest, and they called 911 and asked for a sheriff to come to effect the arrest. And, and they succeeded, <laughs> Sam. It was so, so encouraging. What private citizens can do when they become watchdogs of our local government, Sam. Good people doing phenomenal things, ladies and gentlemen. That is for sure. <laughs> Spread the word, because the word's out. Americans who care are peacefully restoring the republic and the tradition of their founders. And it's happening now. Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The FBI and U.S. Marshals launched a massive manhunt in Austin, Texas on Sunday for 41-year-old Stephen Broderick. He's a former Travis County Sheriff's Detective wanted for killing at least three people near an apartment complex in northwest Austin. China and the United States, the world's two biggest carbon polluters, have agreed to cooperate with other countries to fight climate change. GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia announced on Sunday she plans to introduce a resolution to expel Democrat Representative Maxine Waters of California from Congress for her continual incitement of violence. When asked about Chauvin's trial, Waters told reporters that if Chauvin is not found guilty, quote, we've got to stay on the street, we've got to get more active, we've got to get more confrontational, end quote. Shortly thereafter, two National Guardsmen were injured early Sunday morning when a gunman fired at them and Minneapolis police in a drive-by shooting. USA Radio News. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by April 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. The pause on Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine could be lifted this week. Jeremy Scott from the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau reports. The pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine could be lifted at a meeting of CDC advisors this week. Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked on ABC's This Week if the vaccine will be suspended. I really don't think so, Martha. I believe we'll get back with it, and it might be some restrictions. Not sure what that will be, whether they'll be age or sex, or whether they'll just come back with a warning of some sort. I don't want to get ahead of them, but I believe that we'll be back with some sort of indication a little bit different than we were before. Last week, the CDC and FDA recommended a pause due to six cases of blood clots and there are nearly 7 million who were vaccinated. The J&J &J vaccine was created under Operation Warp Speed. 
Russia on Friday asked 10 U.S. diplomats to leave the country in retaliation for Washington's expulsion of the same number of Russian diplomats over alleged malign activity. USA Radio News. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, on your radio. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. We're talking about these two guys, man. They call them small government. Watchdog team terrifies corrupt officials. Now, understand, let me make this very clear. They don't terrify the ones that are not corrupt. They terrify corrupt officials. WND.com with the piece. Uh, Any final tidbits on this one, Lowell? No, it's so awesome. Just love. You know, this is what private citizens can do. An example to us all, Sam, and we just need watchdogs at every level of government, city, municipal, county, special districts, school boards, um, all, at all levels. Uh, you know, if, if you count them all up, there's a lot out there. We need watchdogs at every level, Sam, doing this kind of work. It's awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear. These, are, these guys are doing it peacefully. They're doing it effectively. They're doing it using the law. Uh, and we just need more people like this. You know, when people tell me, oh, we've done all we can, Sam. It's time to just pick up guns because there's nothing else we can do or whatever. You know, hey, stick a fork in liberty. It's, you know, the Constitution's dead. The courts are dead. You know, you have no choice. Sam. Okay, those are all not true, folks. And understand that we are making a difference. There needs to be more of us. There's no doubt about that. Okay, but we are making a difference, and people are very effective. I believe the media is one of the greatest ways we can educate and be effective peacefully. And there's folks working on buying radio stations uh, in our local area. If you want to get involved in that, let us know. Uh, There's all kinds of efforts being made by all kinds of people. And I didn't even know about these guys uh, until just a couple of days ago. Found uh, the WND.com article about it. And uh, anyway, so our prayers are with that. Anthony Fauci in the news. Lowell? Yes, Sam. Uh, Let me get back to that. Um, Here I was just reading on more more down this article about the the uh, what what's the, the, the this website Anthony is Fauci, County Enemy of Freedom dot com. Yeah, okay, okay. I'm back. Um, say, say the website yeah, again. Uh, yeah, the it, it's Edgar County Watchdogs dot com. That's plural on do- watchdogs. So Edgar County Watchdogs dot com. And the great thing about these guys, just last word on this, I'll say is that they're helping uh, you know local citizenry all across the nation. Uh, do what they have done in Illinois. So they, they have a, the website. You you can you can get involved in your own locale and begin making impact in your own community and do what they've done in Illinois. It's very encouraging. So okay, um, that uh, okay. So the article about Anthony Fauci, enemy of freedom. It, it was very short column posted at RonPaulInstitute.org, but it's. It's uh, it's powerful in in what he's what he's saying here. Anthony Fauci, now in his second presidential administration as chief coronavirus fearmonger and coronavirus crackdown champion, offered in a Sunday interview some explanation for his continuing promotion of draconian government restrictions and pressure for everyone to take experimental vaccines, all in the name of countering coronavirus that does not pose a significant risk of major health problems or death for most people. Freedom just seems not to make sense, suggests Fauci. 
while tyranny, in contrast, does. So it turns out, Sam, he was interviewed at CNN um, on Sunday by Dana Bush. Dana Bash, I guess is her name. Dana Bash. Yeah, Dana Bash. And that's Fauci right. said, okay, and so Fauci said basically, he says, you've got, you've, you've got a, uh, you know, you've got the coronavirus that's causing these, these crackdowns, these lockdowns, um, and shutdowns. And, and you, so you either, you either suffer under the lockdowns or you get vaccinated. <laughs> that's your choices. That's what Fauci is basically saying. And, and it's just incredible that he says that. Basically, we're going to continue the lockdowns until the population is vaccinated. He's using one form of tyranny to justify another form of tyranny. Essentially, Sam, he is saying that the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. And, and only an enemy of freedom would propose such a thing, basically leveraging one form of tyranny to advance another form. Sam? I'm kind of for uh, option C there. I'm for option C, which is trust in Almighty God, turn to him, repent, and he'll heal us and protect our land. And and I'm kind of for having a little bit of faith over fear. And I'm I'm, uh, for kind of protecting the most vulnerable among us a little bit with knowledge and education and free agency and choice. But then letting the rest of us go back to work and live our lives normally as could be, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'd kind of go vote for choice C there, Lowell. Yeah, but that's not one of the choices, Sam. Uh, you know, the media is not oh, talking yeah. about that choice, right? And I so am. they use this. <laughs> I'm glad you are, and I will too, because that's uh, definitely a choice. That is the preferred choice. You, I mean, God didn't put us here on Earth defenseless against viruses and bacteria. In fact, by the way, Sam, viruses and bacteria have a divine purpose. They are here to help eat. The, you know, the, the, the damage, the damage, uh, well, the dead and dying, basically, right? I mean, they are here. It's like, you know, what would happen, Sam, if, uh, you know, when a cow got old and died, if it didn't decompose? You know, what if it just sat there and stunk forever? <laughs> well, well, then the we'd have, fossil, would have more fossil fuel. <laughs> yeah, the, the stink, <laughs> the stench from a dead animal, it, in, it, it attracts. All of, you know, bacteria and flies and, and viruses and so forth. In fact, it may be the viruses that actually cause the stink in the first place. Um, we probably don't need to get into that much detail, but it, the, 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 um, the uh, you know, the garbage disposal um, life, you know, uh, attacks this dead carcass. And within a few weeks, that dead carcass is all gone, you know, and, and this is part of the cycle of life. Uh, so these viruses, these bacteria, um, they're part of the divine plan to help keep this this uh, world clean, and 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 so we we need to we need to embrace that. And so um, your your immune system was divinely designed to overcome billions of viruses and and germ life in your lifetime. It's doing hundreds of these every day, keeping you safe from harm from viruses and bacteria. We just need to let the body do what God designed it to do, Sam, and then we'll be okay. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. It's important to understand that, you know, Anthony Fauci has become an enemy of freedom. Uh, There's no choice that is for liberty that he supports is the problem. And he needs to be exposed and he needs to be removed. Uh, He he possibly needs to be brought up on prosecution charges uh, for his abuses of the law. 
of our liberties, etc. He's not uh, in the legislative branch of government. He's not in the executive branch of government. Well, he kind of is in the executive branch by appointment, but he's, but he's kind of fraudulently there. He's taking power unto himself. The, the consent of the governor never granted that power to a Fauci or anybody else like that. And so, you know, he's, he's uh, out of control and needs to be stopped. And I don't mean in a violent way. I just mean in a law-abiding way. We need to simply put an end to his manipulative influence over the people. The people mourn and suffer when dictators are at the helm, that's for sure. All right, a reframing the vaccine passport issue. Incredible point made by Davis Taylor. Lowell? I love this point, Sam. Uh, this article is posted at ronpaulinstitute.org. You can read the whole story, but there's just one single uh, solitary point that he makes. I love the point he makes here. He, he actually gives five reasons to reframe the vaccine port pa- passport issue, and this is the, the first reason. A quote, vaccine passports have existed in the U.S. for decades, end of quote. Boy, Sam, when I read that, I was astonished. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, what? How, how could this be? I mean, this statement just reached out and grabbed my attention. He's, he's suggesting that we've had vaccine passports in the U.S. for decades? I, I couldn't believe it. But, but then he, wrote, he goes on, he writes this. He says, for decades, American children have been required by state governments to show their papers in order to attend public school. <laughs> And in some states, private schools as well. So generally, the the, the papers not only must uh, see the papers not only must prove that a child has been vaccinated, they also must prove that he or she has received each of the specific vaccines required by the state. Without periodically flashing this passport, children have generally not been permitted to attend school. Holy mackerel, Sam! That's, that's, I mean, that's the part that I, I want to comment about from this article. We have had this vaccine passport in this country for decades. It's been enforced only on our school children, the, the public school children. Now, I don't know why I wasn't attuned to this before now, before before. Well, let, I think we all understand but, it. It's hard to connect the dots, though, and it's hard to realize when they broaden this. All they're doing now is broadening it. They're getting rid of the exceptions. And now they're broadening it to the rest of the population. And now they're creating more checkpoints that relate to it. That's really all that's uh, changing. So it's an expansion of tyranny. But it's been with us for quite some time, as he wisely points out. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I didn't realize it had been creeping up. on. I mean, I knew, but I just haven't connected the two dots, Sam. Very important to do that. Great article, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Davis Taylor. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not gonna protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged 
on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So reframing the passport issue, Davis Taylor uh, making the point that we've already had vaccine passports, if you will, or, quote, rites of passage via vaccines, no doubt. It's been for your government school kids primarily, uh, but it's been absolutely, I mean, you got to really push hard to get an exemption. you got to go out and go to your government and have them, you know, d- harass you about vaccines and you know that you're leaving your kid vulnerable and do you realize how hard and you go through this and then you finally get this exemption either religious or philosophical or but now they're starting to get rid of the exemptions number one and number two then they're starting to broaden this reality check not only for children but for everybody right the push to broaden the use of vaccine passports or rites of passage via documentation mandated by your government well, large public gatherings, other activities, transportation, etc. They're just pushing for greater tyranny on this, but they've already got their foot in the door. It's going to be very hard to shut this down, Lowell, because we've allowed it for so long. Yeah, that's a great point. And I guess that's one of um, our weaknesses of somebody like me who's been outside of the public school system. I mean, our daughters, uh, all of our children, uh, three daughters, did not attend public schools you know, the same way everybody else did. We we went to a private school, and, of course, vaccines were not required there. But having lived the past 20, 30 years of our lives outside of the public school system, it, it just didn't occur to me this, that, that, that most people are experiencing this vaccine passport already, you know, in the form of, you know, weaponized against uh, public school children. And I guess that's just one of the weaknesses that, that I have. I, I just wasn't aware, and, and so I had never connected those dots before. I, I should have known. I mean, I, I vaguely knew that people in going to public schools were supposed to get vaccines, but because we never did for our children, I guess I just it just never really hit me that most people, you know, go up against the, the you know this issue in in public schools. I I I guess I'm like you, Sam. I think the real solution is for people, you know, for freedom loving people, just get out. Of the public schools and in just homeschool or or find a private school and and just put your resources there put your time your money your mouth put your yeah your money where your mouth is and it's it, it just it's just such a much much better 
uh, environment for your children anyway. I think if COVID taught us anything, it's that you can you can be with and school your children at home in like one-fifth of the time it takes a public school system. You know, they can do their homework in just a couple of hours. They're done for the day. They can go play with their friends. I don't know. I'm just rambling on, Sam, but that's kind of where I was coming from on this article. I'm so grateful to this uh, Davis Taylor who connected the dots for me and, and showed me that this vaccine passport idea is not a, a new idea. It's been around for decades, and they're simply broadening it to expand the tyranny, Sam. Well, and what's interesting is this just proves, too, we need to be very careful that we're, we're really conscientious about liberty. Okay, the fact that they've done this to your school children for so long and we've accepted it is kind of a problem. But it was a narrow segment of society, just the children. We all know that, you know what, hey, children go to school and bring home sicknesses and this kind of stuff. That's the idea. And then we all, you know, it wasn't mandatory. A lot of us could opt out of it. So we kind of felt like, oh, it's not too big of a deal as long as you have a choice. The problem is now they're taking away your choice and they're broadening it to a general broad mandate, which now puts this tyranny in your face. And that's kind of the difference. So anyway, just thought we'd bring that to your attention. Now, they've been telling you that, oh, my gosh, we've just hit a huge gnarly milestone. Um, the milestone is crazy. Um, they say, what, 3 million people have died from the coronavirus to date globally now. Uh, and they really push that number. The problem is I question all their numbers. I don't believe their numbers are accurate. I don't believe their numbers are real. I believe their numbers are cooking the books, to say the least. And to prove this point, our buddy, Ben Swan, brings up a very interesting question for you, Lowell, that relates to these vaccines and these numbers and everything else. And I want to kind of bounce it off you and get your take. Here's the question. Why have life insurance rates remained unchanged if there's a deadly pandemic, asks Ben Swan. Why have life insurance rates Remain unchanged if there's such a massive death everywhere. Well, wow, that is a great question, Sam, and, and thank Ben Swan for thinking that one up because these rates that are set by insurance companies are, are done in a way so that they don't lose money, right? I mean, they, they, there's, a, there's a, a spot on the curve where, uh, you know, the price, uh, 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 the, um, the price of the insurance is is such that the insurance company doesn't lose money, but they don't also they also don't make a ton of money because there's other insurance companies in the marketplace fighting for your policy, right? And so they need to keep their premiums low so that they stay in business, but they need to keep them high enough to cover their costs. Well, the mere fact now I, I'm just supposing here, Sam. I don't have the answer, but it's my guess. My educated guess that insurance companies have not increased the premiums for life insurance because uh, there have not been a, an increase in the number of people dying. How close am I, Sam, to the real answer? You know, I don't even know what the real answer is, to be honest with you. But I would say uh -huh. this, though. Asking the right questions and focusing on the right issues gets us a gazillion times closer than their lies. Well, exactly right. They say right. deaths in, are in, around in, us. Deaths are down to around 700 in America per day. That's mm -hmm. down from a peak of about 3,400. So I think the answer is we just live our lives, trust in God, build up our immune systems, uh, and move on. But yet they simply will not let us. But now, um, 
you know, why have life insurance rates remain the same if everybody's dying? Very, very yeah, interesting you question. See, you see, if more people were dying, they would have to, the insurance company would have to pay out more money, which would mean that they would need to increase their rates slightly in order to compensate for them to stay in business. Well, if the same number of people are dying, they have no reason, no justification to increase their rates. And therefore, it, it, basically thinking backwards through that, you, you understand you can deduce the fact that more people are not dying. And, and if the coronavirus were so bad, then, yeah, more people would be dying. It would be, a, it, you know, it, but it's not a pandemic. It's endemic right now. And there are not more people dying this year than last. And, and, and you can look at the death numbers um, on these these global charts and see that the number over the past 12 months is no more than it was the previous 12 months. So therefore, not more people are dying. In other words, more people are not dying from coronavirus than, uh, than would have died in total. That's why insurance rates remain the same. I think it's a great question, Sam. It's a great question. In addition to the uh, insurance rates remaining the same, proving there's not a lot more deaths, how come the flu uh, deaths and flu uh, in the hospital illnesses have plummeted at the same time coronavirus has kicked in? Does it mean it's just another form of the flu? Does it mean that people are getting coronavirus and not getting the flu? Uh, does it mean that people who get the flu don't want to go to the hospital so they remain safe at home? They're not dying, obviously, because insurance rates aren't going up. Maybe people staying at home can handle the flu and they go to the hospital too prematurely. Uh, maybe all the cases to be diagnosed as the flu or now diagnosed the cocoa. I don't know, but the numbers that we're being told in the manipulated reality reporting from the Associated Press and others all up and down the line, fraudulent to say the least. And our questions will be ignored by these people because they can't handle the real discussions. What they'll do is they'll attack us. They'll take us down and say, you can't speak and tell the people these falsehoods. And then they'll just literally uh, peddle fake news and manipulate the truth against the American people final story before the end of the hour oh, oh hey, hey hang on sam i just need yes, to make sir. one thing i like to think of it this way you know it's like um um what what if people what if we start counting deaths by the number of hearts that stopped beating okay in other words your your heart stopped beating and that's why you died well i think that number would really go it would go way up and all the other causes of death would go way down see that's what they did with coronavirus in my opinion coronavirus is just a new way to categorize the death, and and, 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 and so these numbers of flu deaths and uh, uh, diphtheria deaths and pneumonia deaths and, and all these other deaths have plummeted, like you said, because this new way of categorizing the death came along called coronavirus. Well, they could just as, as well pick another category called, you know, your heart stops beating, and that's what caused your death, right? But, but, but that's absurd. It just like the coronavirus as the cause of death is absurd, particularly in the cases of all these comorbidities, uh, you know, like the flu, like pneumonia, like the congenital heart failure, like di diabetes. You know, these people would have died from these comorbidities anyway, but they're being labeled as coronavirus death. It's, it's, it's sinister the way they, they, they've done that, Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the truth shall set you free. That's for sure. Let's talk about Scott Ritter before the end of the hour. Incredible column. Yes, Sam. Uh, this also was posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, 
And I am not quite sure what to think about it yet, but basically the U.S. is supposedly finally going to withdraw from Afghanistan after two decades of war. Now, they were originally supposed to withdraw by May 1st. Well, that, that, that's only a couple weeks away. And so Biden, Joe Biden, he said, okay, we're going to have an unconditional withdrawal by September 11th of this year. I find that really a weird date, September 11th of this year. That's exactly 20 years after 9-11 of 2001. I don't know why he picked that date, but it sure seems eerie to me. But, you know, we've got 18,000 military contractors in Afghanistan today, and 1,575 of them are armed mercenaries, okay, people who, who are basically guns for hire, and, and they'll go do your dirty work in any country of the world. They're mercenaries. Um, uh, now, President Biden, he said they're going to withdraw troops from Afghanistan, but it's not clear if he's going to withdraw the contractors, these armed mercenaries. Um, that, in fact, as I looked at this article in more detail, he's probably going to leave them there. So it's not like the U.S. is completely withdrawing, but, you know, I'll take it. If 18,000 U.S. troops can come home, then I'll take it. You know, I don't care for any reason at all. We need to get the U.S. troops home, and I'm supportive of that. So that's the bottom line on the story, Sam. A 20-year conflict in Afghanistan finally coming to a close. I mean, I, I hope it does. I'm, I'm, I'm and I wish it were true, Lowell. <laughs> I wish I, it were true. I'm not, not buying it. I'm not no. accepting it. Here's what I predict. They will feign peace. Uh, they will mm -hmm. speak peace. And they will promote war. So what you'll do is you'll quadruple the number of mercenaries in the country. You'll get bring the troops home and have this big old fanfare of a lie. And you'll have mercenaries mm -hmm. around the world. You'll have other conflicts of war. They will ratchet up war while claiming peace. Write it down. Remember who warned you first. Excellent, Sam. You are awesome. That's my sentiment. Exactly. I need to go back one step and give you the website to the American Watchdogs.org. This is a charitable organization founded by these two gentlemen in Illinois. They first founded the EdgarCountyWatchdogs.com, which uh, website is EdgarCountyWatchdogs.com. And then they formed this other site, AmericanWatchdogs.org where you can learn yourself how to use Freedom of Information Act and Open Meetings Act training to bring your local government corruption under control. Sam, there you have it. AmericanWatchdogs.org. Check it out. Get involved today, would you please? Lowell Nelson, thank you so much, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we can make a difference. All you got to do is get involved. We need your help desperately. Donate. LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for April the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Dr. Scott Bradley, 
with me. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. His lifelong pursuit to preserve the nation. Welcome to the broadcast, Doctor. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I might just point out that, as you so astutely pointed out at the beginning of the program, it is April 19th, 246 years ago at this moment as we speak. The Brits were halfway between Lexington and Concord. They had already conquered, if you will, the Lexington Green, and they were on their way to Concord, and they were there to, well, violate what became our Second Amendment. They were to pick up the arms, uh, the pattern ball, if you will, of the, uh, the uh, colonists, and to capture two guys, Sam Adams and John Hancock, the two guys that they considered to be kind of rebel rousers. And... Um, they were they kicked over a hornet's nest. So 246 years ago today, uh, there was a stirrings in the liberty cause in the hearts of America. And by the way, uh, if you haven't in recent maybe years, maybe nobody. Some, I mean, no at no time. Some people never even think about these things anymore. I'm kind of a strange one, I guess. But a full review of the events of the day, I think, are worthy of our um, consideration at some point. As uh, and maybe even sharing it with your family this evening, you know, on Monday night, maybe gather your family together and, and have a little discussion about what happened 246 years ago and and how the the committees of correspondence had uh, raised the cry across the land, if you will, as the Brits so secretly took off the night before, and uh, their secrecy was blown by some good intelligence finding and. Good people who'd previously been out among the people uh, raising an awareness about liberty. When they came through the towns hooping and hollering about the Redcoats are coming, well, the people recognized their, their voices. They knew they weren't some guy that had spent a little bit more time in the tavern than he uh, should have and, and uh, was just having a good time going home. They got out of bed, grabbed their powder and ball and their musket. And if they were smart, they put a little bit of bread and water in their a knapsack and and they got on their way and it it was it was one of those things where the people were the people were ready to die for liberty and Americans today bleeding like sheep for security anyway now that's probably way more introduction than you wanted right this moment but I nope, think it's I want always more. important hold on hold on doctor I want more so let me give you an example the mainstream press and the news if you type in April nineteenth. You know, you get a thing that said, what happened April 19th, this day in history? Important events from this day in history. Find out what happened. Um, and I find it really interesting. Then they have this whole chart. You can look up any day you want. And you can get all kinds of details about what happened this year in history. Now, listen. 1995, Oklahoma City bombing. Yep, I figured that'd be the first one on the list. These, I... I I, I can't use the words on the air that uh, that well up in me in regards to the people that are fostering the destruction of the true heritage of America, and they're they're. I mean, it just boils in me to think that what we have done to this nation. And by the way, it just and, and you're going to take this on a, on down the road, and I'm hoping you do. But the fact of the matter is, there is a very strong movement within the United States to not even discuss history pr prior to 1900. Of course, that was back in the great progressive era, and there was plenty of their fodder for them in their day, 
about what's going on in our day. And, of course, it's on steroids now. But they don't even want to discuss the price that was paid to bring liberty to this land and, and really, truly to, to the whole world. America is the light of the world on these things and should be if we're not doing it right now with our current, oh, I don't know. If, uh, the individuals that sit in office today are not worthy of governance, and I'm totally ashamed of them. But Amen. But, so but check this out. That's, so they that's say by this, cause. They say this issue of the Oklahoma City bombing, the next one they go to, 1943, Poland-Warsaw ghetto uprising and they go into that big old deal and don't well, get me just, wrong just some let's of stop there for a history second are noteworthy here let me just talk about that ghetto uprising yeah, for a second please sure the nazis the nazis had absolutely they had they had uh, walled up if you will the jewish population in warsaw they were starving them to death i mean they people were having to crawl through the sewers in order to go get a loaf of bread and, and if they were captured they were killed it was absolutely genocide on steroids by starvation, okay? Now, what happened was these, this, this group of Jews in Warsaw that were walled in by the Nazis had six handguns. They started a revolution against the, the Nazis, and they fought bravely until the Nazis finally brought in their artillery and just pounded the place to rubble. Now, six handguns. I mean, when the first Nazi took the first round in the face, they scattered like rabbits. I mean, oh my goodness, these are, <laughs> but they're not harmless and, and completely, uh, completely without any defense. And, and you think about that. Uh, with just six handguns against MG-34s, there's a belt-fed, you know, 8-millimeter uh, uh, machine gun, if you will, and against bazookas, against grenades, against tanks, against artillery. They started it. They were that desperate. Six handguns. Six handguns is what it took to give these people enough courage to push back against their oppressors. And, and you talk about what's going on in America today. I mean, I don't know why it is that we can't see that the need to be able to defend life, liberty, property, the things that we hold sacred, and we're setting them aside, these turkeys that sit in office today are using every opportunity to completely disarm this 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 land, and I am absolutely ashamed of where America is going on this. Go on with your read. I mean, the, the, amen to <laughs> the that. Of April. So listen, <laughs> and it's everything but, in my in my opinion, the quintessential celebration that t should take place uh, regarding America and our stand for the sacred cause of liberty, and how patient we were before that stand, but yet how necessary that stand was for the. Uh, uh, colonies or the revolutionaries or the, whatever you want to call them, the Continental Armory, um, how critical that was. Everything but is being talked about in these in these you know this day in history. So the next one they point out, 1993 Waco. They call it a cult raid, but nevertheless, there you go. The Waco incident they point to. By the way, this was again an assassination. Yes, what they did here is they went in with armored vehicles and murdered heavily, all of them. Uh, I mean, they they. They murdered men, women, and children over something that they claim was this David Koresh guy. They could have picked him up when he was out for pizza and beer on his own. They say, oh, yeah, he's, he's molesting course. children, whatever. I mean, he, they did not want that to end with them just walking up to his car as he was putting his pizza and beer in his car and say, Mr. Koresh, could you please come with us right now? We'd like, we have a few questions we'd like to ask you. No, 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 no. They, they, they assaulted 
with body armor and armored vehicles and everything else like that. It First off, they escalated disaster. it in the media for days, 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 titillating the public with the event and escalating, escalating, escalating. And then the government smackdown uh, was intentional. And what a shame. What a blight on the leadership of this country for it. Well, no that doubt was, about it. That was Janet one. Reno and the company. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, and Bill and crew. All right, here's the next yeah, absolutely. one. Absolutely. 1897. USA Boston Marathon. Don't you know the Boston Marathon is really important there, Doctor? Well, and they and they <laughs> hype the fear, the doubt, and, the, and this little uh, incident that uh, there could have been a false flag incident, honestly. And I, I don't know as we can we we should completely eliminate that as a as a possibility. All right, 1927, Mae West got sentenced. Holy cow, for lewdness yeah, or something she on was, the radio? Yeah, she she did a uh, lewd. Obscene state uh, or uh, lewd uh, stage performance or whatever. I guess the uh, anyway. I won't go into the details, but there, there you have that. So that's <laughs> something to celebrate, I guess, right? Nineteen twenty-eight, anyway. China Civil War. Nineteen thirty-four, you know, United uh, States Shirley Temple. Yeah, Shirley Temple stole the show, don't you know? Nineteen thirty-six, German military. In the biggest show of military strength since World War One, Germany pays homage to Hitler with a show of 300 tanks. 1940, USA, Jimmy Dorsey. They recorded uh, with the orchestra there, don't you know? Serious, oh, serious business. 1942, they call it the France, I don't know much about this, Vichy government. Vichy, yeah, that's when the turncoats yeah. uh, collaborated with the Nazis, and uh, they they uh, held power until they got liberated after D-Day. Absolutely, 1945 popular musical Carousel. 1956 Ooh. Grace Kelly and Prince Rainier honeymoon. Yeah, they started their honeymoon there, buddy. 1961 Cuba Bay of Pigs. Oh man, we could spend some time that on one? that. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I know that <clears throat> the whole show doesn't need this. This was a tragic travesty where we had, uh, I mean, this had been planned by Eisenhower. If Eisenhower had done, oh, it sounds like we've got to take a break. <laughs> well, Man, we got a whole lot more to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Can say. We're going to stick with it. We're going to eventually get to the quintessential event on April 19th that really needs to be focused on. We'll spend plenty of time on it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just getting a lot of these other ones interesting as they are out of the way. Uh, but just think how muddy they've made this day. And they've turned it into a day of what well, they want to make you believe it's Patriot Terror Day, so to speak. It's all a big lie. Stand with the truth. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. 
vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, we're talking about this day in history for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm looking at the mainstream press's articles about what's happened in this day in history. And they talk about a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about 1961, Bay of Pigs. You know what? What a sad tale to tell on this one, Doctor. Well, again, we could take hours on each one of these things because of the travesty that has occurred. But um, I don't know quite where to start on this because you got the Dulles brothers, you know, uh, John Foster Dulles, Secretary of State, and Alan Dulles, who was the CIA director, scoundrels since the beginning, well, more than 100 years ago, back in the oh, 1916 time frame, they were helping uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, foist global government across the, across the world by going to, to France to... Uh, uh, and England to attempt to create the League of Nations and so on. So they were on the scene for a long time. But in the Eisenhower administration, you had Alan Dulles as the uh, CIA director, and you had John Foster Dulles as the uh, Secretary of State. So this shows the kind of characters that uh, Eisenhower put in his uh, staff. Now, there were some good people and bad people. I understand that. That happens a lot with a lot of different uh, administrations. But but what that happened is is uh, there had been a, a large fostering of this idea of this new George Washington of Cuba, a guy named Fidel. And uh, and and so everybody, I mean, there were a few people saying, no, 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 this guy, this guy's a communist. No, he's not. He's a he's a, you know, Washington. Anyway, he puts his his uh, red collar on everybody in Cuba and his uh, gulags and his system, everything anyway. Uh, so Eisenhower started a process. Now, if Eisenhower had planned, uh, Eisenhower wasn't the brilliant mind behind the stuff that happened in World War II, by the way. We could talk about that. But at any rate, if Eisenhower had been this brilliant in World War II, everybody would be speaking German. And uh, they had decided they were going to put this uh, thing together with a ragtag group of uh, Cuban refugees. The uh, CIA was doing planning. They had the military force of the United States that was co committed to it. And what ultimately happened? I mean, it was a disaster from the beginning. 
And I mean, they, they, even their, their small arms, the things that each individual was issued, they were a hodgepodge. You couldn't share ammunition with people because you, one guy might have had a 9mm and the other one had a 45. I mean, it, it was just a disaster. And so, and, and the plan was if things went badly, they were to escape into the mountains. They had 80 miles of swamp between them and the mountains. I mean, try anybody that's tried slogging through swamps for any legal, length of time knows that you can't make any time in that. Anyway, an unmitigated disaster that happened was carried out under the Kennedy administration after the planning of, of uh, Eisenhower. However, I, if you haven't read a book, now this isn't covered in extensively in the book. It's in retrospect. It's uh, Robert McNamara. McNamara was one of the whiz kids, uh, arrogant putts that uh, engineered stuff that happened in, in uh, Vietnam, uh, a quagmire for America. Everything the man touched went upside down. And he gives himself a pass. He's the author of the book in retrospect. Probably hard to find. I don't know. It's probably on Amazon or something. You could find a used one. But at any rate, he gives himself a pass. Well, you know, now that I think about this, it's, uh, huh, here's a few other things we should have thought of. But but they were just arrogant and, and sitting in their little cloistered offices with, you know, their feet up on the desk. That's kind of how I envision them, uh, talking about some of these things where lives were th were thrown into disarray. And and you know what happened in Vietnam after they they got into this quagmire? It was absolutely a disaster up through uh, LBJ. Anyway, like I say, don't get me started. There's so many things to be angry about and how we've been betrayed by people that care nothing for our heritage and you're going on probably with some more things on the 19th of April avoiding of yeah, course Kennedy, Lexington <laughs> Kennedy inherited this mess from Eisenhower and it was a disaster from the get-go it was the, it was one of the most disastrous uh, events I think that it was so disastrous that I believe personally now that we have kind of hindsight on this thing the swamp you um, you know, really, the shadow government, the swamp, whatever you want to call it, literally made these things happen to promote communism. Uh, because what what happened is, is that liberty could have prevailed, uh, but when we had this botched scenario so badly that it literally let communism reign in our hemisphere for literally decades on end. And it could have been stopped if there was real patriots there, but the swamp kind of took over and and manipulated things to where the communists backed into power and literally stayed there as a result of the fiasco. I digress, but I wanted to highlight that really quick, Doctor. <laughs> Great points, uh, true points, tragic points. That's, that's where we are. You know, we used to think, uh, you know, back during Vietnam, you, some people, some of your listeners may remember this, but, but my perspective really was throughout this entire thing, you know what, if it was a multiple choice question test, occasionally, just happenstantially, by chance, you would make some good choices. But it never did happen. I have uh, uh, letters in my files that um, t tell us why the communists seemed to know before the ground troops knew what was going on, what was going to go on. Because we informed the United Nations Security Council before any major operation was undertaken. And the, the head of the Insanity. United Nations Security Council, 
Insanity, true. I'm and, telling you, criminal treason at the highest levels over and over and over and over. And that's why we continued to lose. We went to Vietnam. We lost and lost again because our hands were tied, because we were manipulated, because we were betrayed on every side by our own people. Really, these fiascos of losing over and over and over happened, starting with World War II. We had an incredible win on one hand. But we really lost because we were drugged into that war illegally, unconstitutionally, immorally as well. We had a heads up on that war. Um, you know, that was the last kind of official declared, um, you know, war, not counting Vietnam or whatever that we had. But all I'm telling you is that it, it's been disaster. Uh, and what they do is they back us into a corner. They manipulate us. We're betrayed by our own. You know, they always say if America is ever to fail, it will not happen from the outside. It'll happen from the inside. These reality checks, as you look back in history, point that out like nobody's business, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, let's make that clear. The next one, 1969 students occupy Willard Strait Hall. Um, militant black students at Cornell University and others used force to take over Willard Strait Hall, demanding a, quote, black studies program. And after a deal was uh, reached with the administration... The news showed students leaving the hall carrying rifles. Um, anyway, kind of, the reason I bring this up, though, is, again, this is where they riot in the streets. They use race. They use divisions. They use to continue to manipulate uh, their agenda. We see it over and over and over again. No different. Then they go to 1972, tell you about hey, Apollo second, 16. Before, b- before yeah. you leave that one about the, uh, you know, there were a lot of occupations of universities, um, buildings and so on, but but you, something came to mind. Again, you know me. Um, the uh, uh, charges that have been brought against uh, Donald Trump uh, for the uh, the January sixth event, and and the the outcry for blood, and uh, he, you know he's he's the cause of it all. Well, on the other hand, you look at Maxine Waters. Here is uh, ostensibly, I mean, the the woman in front of the parade of rioters uh, saying, "Get out in the streets, uh, stir the pot." Break more windows, whatever. Those aren't exact quotes, obviously, but but that's where she is right now, and nobody is calling her to task for the absolute seditious words that she is using when she's cheering these people on. When Trump said, "Go home, be peaceful. Thanks for coming," you know, basically, not exactly. Yeah, we talked about it first hour too. Maxine Waters literally went to Minnesota this last weekend, stirred the pot, said we need to really incite the BLM protesters, tell them to push back harder, stay in the streets, etc. And right after that, a drive-by shooting happened on a National Guard and a police team there, right hours she, after her insurrection agenda. No, There's no calling to task on that. And, and it is absolutely astonishing to me that where, where this seditious, the words, I mean, you know, burn the town down, basically, is about what's being told. And, and in contrast that to what Trump did, and nobody is calling her out on this thing. It is absolutely astounding to me. There, somebody needs to grow a backbone and say, you know, the people in Congress have the right to remove people from office when they become such an embarrassment to everything, not just an embarrassment, but a threat to the whole cause of liberty. And they could do that. The Congress could say, you know what? You know, you stepped over the line, ma'am. I, I think we don't need you here anymore. But they won't. They won't. They have, the, they have an, an impeachment hearing of a guy that's already out of office, and they have his exact words on tape, everything he said, and they, they pressed it and pressed it and pressed it. But with her, it's like, uh, 
you know, the woman's passionate about this stuff. Come on, give me a break. I don't know. It, we're, it's weird to me what we're doing. Anyway, go on with your review of things because I'm just getting yeah. madder and madder. 1987, buddy. <coughs> you got this incredible opportunity. The Simpsons came out, buddy. Well, now there's a there's a watershed uh, event. You're darn right. I mean, the Simpsons, baby. I'll tell you what else happened in 1989. Dr. Bradley's exactly right. They literally obliterate everything before. They dip into the 1800s a teeny bit to make you feel like they've really covered history. Wow. Hang tight. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Authorities in Texas say two people were killed when a driverless Tesla with no one in the driver's seat crashed into a tree and burst into flames. The cause of the crash, which happened about 9 p.m. local time in Spring, Texas, near Houston, is under investigation. First responders had to use nearly 30,000 gallons of water over four hours to put out the fire as the Tesla battery kept reigniting. Authorities tried to contact Tesla for advice putting out the fire. It was not clear if they received any response. Staying in Texas, Austin, Texas police identify Stephen Broderick, a former Travis County Sheriff's detective, as the man wanted for allegedly killing at least three people near an apartment complex in northwest Austin, Texas. The detective is also accused of raping a 16-year-old girl last June. The Austin Police Department said the suspect was still on the run early Monday and is considered armed and dangerous. USA Radio News. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Linzess and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. In San Francisco, California, what has killed more people, COVID-19 or drug overdoses? Jeremy Scott from the Oregon USA Radio News Bureau has the details. In San Francisco, 255 deaths were recorded from the coronavirus last year, killing nearly three times as many accidental drug overdoses at 713. These numbers are from preliminary data released by the city's office of the chief medical examiner. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that the largest increase in the number of overdose deaths nationwide occurred in March and May, coinciding with the first lockdowns. In a statement, the CDC said the increases in drug overdose deaths appear to have accelerated during the COVID-19 pandemic. Fentanyl is behind more overdose deaths than any other drug. According to the American Medical Association, a sharp increase in drug-related overdoses has occurred during the COVID pandemic. Congratulations to Alex Bowman for winning the NASCAR race in Richmond, Virginia on Sunday. Next weekend, it's Talladega. USA Radio News.
Yeah, buddy. What happened in this day in history? Back in 1987, man, The Simpsons came out. <laughs> I mean, it's just nonsensical stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Then they go forward in 1989. They tell you about the Central Park attack on the jogger. On the 19th, uh, I guess these perpetrators committed attacks and assaults in the northernmost part of New York City Central Park. Around the same time, an attack on Trisha Miley occurred. Bottom line is they beat her, raped her, all kinds of stuff. She was beaten almost to death. Anyway, long story short, they got these five kid teenage people. They forced them all into confessions. But the convictions were overturned in 2000. And two, after a, um, I guess, Sean Reyes. No, let's see. What's his name? I guess Macius Reyes uh, is the guy who committed the rapes. Uh, and basically confessed to the crime, and so they finally let these other people go. In other words, then they go to 2001, they go all the way up through the 2000s, but suffice it to say, ladies and gentlemen, they literally just drag you through all the worst decisions in American history from the 1900s forward. Uh, they dip into the 1800s for uh, you know a comment or two, but for the most part, they just jettison history before 1900, as Dr. Bradley wisely told you they would. And they go through this whole litany of the litany, I'm sorry, of these things to where you just go, what? But what really happened? And I don't want to say other things don't matter. Don't don't misunderstand me. Things matter. But there are priorities to what really needs to be told in history. And I submit to you, they're bringing up all the nonsensical stuff and all the stuff that puts shame on the greatest country on the face of the earth. When what they ought to be doing is bringing up the things that matter most to instill patriotism in Americans, to help people understand their heritage, to help people understand what we've lost and understand what the founding fathers fought for and why. And let's start there, Dr. Bradley, and let's go back before 1900 and tell the tale of truth, shall we, my friend? Well, you know, I, I don't know as we have time to do anything justice, but something else came to mind. Can you imagine? My mind keeps leaping from one thing to the next. <laughs> The, um, I happen to do that. Uh, I trigger Dr. Bradley, and everything comes to his mind all at once. Yeah. But I- I'm telling you this. We need to highlight this quintessential reality in history that most aren't even going to ever hear about if we don't Okay, do let me – I'm going to just mention something here that, that is – I mean, it's kind of it's, – it's current in the news today. It's the antithesis of what the truth is, by the way. And, and the, I don't know how much you've seen this stink that's happened about going back to the uh, Anglo-Saxon government thing that they're they're calling some of these uh, conservative uh, uh, Congress people to task for for having uh, observed anything about the the Anglo-Saxons and, and it's it's considered to be racist and and kind of inflammatory and I mean it's because of a bunch of white guys are involved in it I think but at any rate. Um, the Anglo-Saxons, let, let me just talk about them for a second. But, but I guess we've got to go back really to like the 18th chapter of Exodus because during that time when the, the children of Israel were on their way through the desert and, and uh, Moses was having a hard time governing them because everybody brought every little stinking problem to him, his father-in-law Jethro said, no, 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 can't do it this way. Set up uh, tens, fifties, hundreds, and thousands of you know, groups with, with good and wise uh, individuals over those and, and govern that way, and only the hard problems should be brought to Moses. That's fine and good. And again, I'm, I'm really skipping over it. Go read Exodus chapter 18. 
But what happens, though, is we roll forward, and it's a very, uh, I have a theory about it, but it's not anything we need to discuss at length. But but the fact is, anciently, the Anglo-Saxons of Northern Europe and British Isles had a form of governance that, that followed the pattern established in ancient Israel. And they had that kind of government where they had representative government, smaller to larger groups, and each one of them had responsibilities, jurisdictions, if you will. And, and we, could, we could talk at some length about that. It was a fascinating thing. Free men lived under that English law, if you will. And guys like Alfred the Great governed and all this kind of stuff. And, and I just bring this up in passing because this is our heritage. And in the summer of 1776, which somebody that might be paying attention might recognize that that was the summer that the declaration was signed and there was the things were on the roll in America, uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote a letter to Edmund Pendleton, and uh, he, he wrote in this, has not every restitution, that's a restoral, okay, of the ancient Saxon laws had happy effects? Is it not better now that we return at once into that happy system of our ancestors, the wisest and most perfect ever yet devised by the wit of man as it stood before the 8th century. Okay, so Jefferson was this uh, okay quintessential, eclectic, Renaissance man. Uh, he's, he learned Saxon so that he... Now, I've tried to learn Saxon. But I, there's not any real good courses that I can find. If anybody knows of one that a dummy like me could maybe progress through, let Sam know. He'll let me know. But I would love to learn Saxon. Um, Jefferson... Jefferson's intention was that Anglo-Saxons should be taught in every American university because it gave us a strand, a thread back into our heritage so that Americans could understand where they came from and how this worked. Now, you know, I read Beowulf and some of those things that are, I mean, it's, it's just a fascinating kind of thing to me. But the fact of the matter is I don't know enough to be dangerous. But, but here's what the Founding Fathers wanted, particularly Thomas Jefferson. He wanted that heritage to be carried forward to us today. And here's what's happening. People are being strung up, not literally, but they're being hung out to dry by people that are, that are just screaming that this is, this is basically a racist restoral of the things of, that made America bad. Not great, but bad. And, and I don't know if, if, uh, if people stopped and thought about it, you know the deflection that happens. If you know you're getting something right going on, you're going to get the biggest pushback you can. And it's interesting to watch what's happening with uh, some of these things that are being said about the Saxon origins of America. Ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear. Patriot Day is what this day is usually called. It commemorates the battles of Lexington and Concord, all right, which were fought near Boston in 1775. It's annually held on the third Monday of April. They say not not to be confused with Patriot Day, held on September 11th. See, they're mixing up history. There's only an S difference in this, ladies and gentlemen, but it's Patriot's Day, and we need to understand a little bit about what Patriot's Day really is and really means. Okay? What was it that the founders fought for? What was it that made them say, wait a minute, 
we can't go there. We can't allow um, King George and crew to stand uh, here. This has got to stop. And it's got to stop now. And I don't know how to articulate this even more, but I don't know that it could be more relevant 200 years ago than it was today, 246 years ago than it is right now. Because you know what? Biden, an internal king, sad to say, like King George is coming for your guns, just like George did back in the day. It couldn't be more relevant as history repeats itself if I tried, doctor. Well, that's absolutely the case. In fact, uh, and I hope we can come back to Patrick Henry's speech in March of 1775, but he said he has but one lamp by which his feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know of no way of judging the future, but by the past. And and Shakespeare said what's past is prologue, meaning, you know, it's the past is an introduction to what is yet to come. And and what you're seeing today by monarchical rule, uh, the stroke of the pen, law of the land. I mean, there's these false statements that they use all the time. And an unelected king, if you will, I mean, he, he really wasn't elected, as I hope most of your listeners know, uh, that's acting as though he is the king, is a stroke of the pen causing laws. This is, this is really, truly a repeat. And, and <clears throat> Santiana wrote, uh, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. This is the condition of children and barbarians in whom instinct has learned nothing from experience. So most Americans have been sheltered, if you will. That's kind of the nice way to say that it's been withheld from them. This this heritage that we have, this wonderful thing, and and I I really truly believe if we if we turned our hearts back to God, and I know it's it's hard to get through a program with us without bringing God up, but in his uh, speech in March of it'll never happen. Patrick, Let's stop. Hold on. It'll never happen. And the reason it won't uh, happen, mean, ladies and gentlemen, radio. is you have, <laughs> you have got to tie it to God Almighty. Because if you don't, you lose your tether to truth, you lose your tether to honesty, and you lose your direct guidance for solutions and liberty. You will never get us to not bring God up because there is no answers if you leave God out, doctor. Well, that's right. And it's Patrick Henry said there is a just God in heaven who will fight, ba- fight our battles for us. And uh, that's where we need to be. I mean, because right now it seems as though the, uh, uh, well, if you read in Malachi about those that are proud and do wickedly are upheld. That's where we are in America today. Our prayers are with the Patriots Day and the real meaning of today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about it more in seconds. We'll talk about Patrick Henry. We'll talk about you and I. Because we should have a link between his stance and ours. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly. 
But I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com, and yours truly discussing Patriots Day, April 19th, 1775, Battles of Lexington and Concord. When George came for the guns, the other George said, "Uh uh-uh, and thank heavens he did, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let them tempt you out of understanding that bit of relevant more relevant than I can imagine today, history. And let's start out by talking about Patriots Day, why we should honor it, why we should celebrate it. Folks like Patrick Henry spoke boldly, nobly, and independently, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the Virginia March Convention, 1775. Patrick Henry gave a speech. I have one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way of judging the future, but by the past, Patrick Henry. Uh, really wise words to think about as history sadly repeats itself today. And now, instead of it being George, it's Joe that's trying to take away our guns. Instead of it being uh, somebody overseas far, far, far away, it's somebody right here that we've just supposedly elected. Uh, now, I, I digress. I don't want to get into the election discussion. But I do want to hide, or highlight this reality that, folks, the issues are the same. 246 years ago, and now the issues are the same. Thugs want to come for our guns because they know once they disarm us, they can push for flat-out tyranny. Good people, patriots, if you will, say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not happening. The only question is, this time around, can we do it peacefully? But we better take Patrick Henry's words seriously, Dr. Bradley. Okay, there's so much to talk about. I, and hopefully we can come back to John Adams and Thomas Jefferson's perspective of when the revolution really began. And, and we need that to happen in America today. And I'll come back to that perhaps in a moment. But just a couple of quick statements out of Patrick Henry's March talk. He said, we are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth. Apply this to today, by the way. Just, just try and think about this. We are apt to shut our eyes against a painful truth. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be the number of those who, having eyes, see not, having ears, hear not? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace, but there is no peace. The war is actually begun. 
The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it the gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take. But as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Now, that was March 23rd, 1775. Of course, the whole talk is worthy of a, a, a careful consideration. But in their reconciliation letters, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams, a magnificent read. If you haven't done it, you need to do it. But, it, but at any rate, um, they, they discussed when the revolution began. And the point was made that it didn't happen in 1775 because that was just a, a, a kind of a an incident in the revolution. The re real revolution, in John Adams' mind, started in 1760. And there was a 15-year period in time in which the hearts and minds of the Americans were prepared to stand with liberty or die. And that's what happened. Americans need a restoration of that renewed feeling in their hearts. And I don't know as we got 15 years. I really, truly don't. But we do have a good back trail that we can go look at if we're willing to learn from those days and those great American patriots that, that paid so much to bring liberty to this land. And, and I, I hope and pray that Americans will not put this off. You know, shut our eyes, you know, painful truth, okay, eyes won't see, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and this is, I keep this in the front of my day planner. For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it may cost, I am willing to know the whole truth. We need to know the truth, and we need to stand with correct principle, and that's where we should be today. And, and I don't, like I say, I don't think we got 15 years to have these uh, sewed into the hearts of the people like it was to the early Americans. I think we, we've got a, a lot more attenuated or abbreviated position that we've got to take on this to help everybody get awakened. Well, understand that, you know what, why did the revolution start? You know what, it was, it was many, 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 many years in the making, peacefully uh, pushing back against King George, but all of a sudden it got brought to a head. What made that happen? When did the American Revolution really start? And literally, why? Taking away our right to keep and bear arms, I think, was a quintessential discussion. Uh, but let's circle back to some of those gentlemen who understood it and articulated their views on it. Doctor? Well, you know, it, it, there's been so many things. I mean, if, if you stop and think about it, the all of these different intolerable type, type acts and stamp acts and all these different little piddly, and they, they were piddly taxes that were occurring in the, in the founding era. And we could make a whole list of these things. But the point of the matter is, number one, they were not nearly as arduous and oppressive as what we're experiencing today. And one of, the, one of the issues had to do with the fact that these were being settled upon Americans without their, their permission. They were American free men. I mean, they were you know, British free citizens. They, they were free men. But yet they didn't have uh, a constitutional approach for these things. It was being stroke of the pen by the king or parliament was doing it without their representation there. And this is exactly what's happening in America today. Uh, the the, the uh, declaration is today's news today, in my opinion. And what was happening then was that we were having onerous burdens placed on our back that we did not give our permission to, you know, the... the uh, 
the people need to say, oh, we'll be governed by these people under these constraints, the Constitution. That's what happened when it got ratified. But what's happening today, for example, the the president has got this deal out there right now. Let's take a simple thing about um, a pistol brace. He has said, let's study this, uh, and, and he turned it over to the BATFE, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and... Uh, Anyway, explosives is the last word. But at any rate, he has said, we're going to study this, and then we're going to make a law that you can't have a pistol brace, which gives better stability as you're shooting a, a short-barreled weapon. And they're going to create a law that will be uh, imposed upon Americans as though they, it had been passed through the Article One, Section 1 process where all our legislative authority is, is held by the legislature. No, no, no. This is going to be created by an executive branch department that will say, now this is the process that you have to go through to get our permission to have this stabilizing thing put on your, your uh, firearm. And, and stuff like this happens constantly. Congress cannot delegate the authority to make law from themselves because it was constitutionally uh, granted to them through the, through the process of ratification of the Constitution. But yet we do it constantly. The stroke of the pen that the president is using to create law by executive order. All of these things are something a monarch does. And that was what was happening in the founding era upon Americans. And that's when they said, no, we're not going to put up with this anymore. We are not going to allow our rights as free men to be denigrated and destroyed. And, and Americans today don't even know what's at stake because they don't even know what their God-given rights are. They think government-created rights are truly the, the, the essence of what rights are. And they're trying to limit government, excuse me, limit God-given rights to the point that the government-created rights take precedence. But when government creates rights, it creates a responsibility for someone else to fulfill those rights. And that's when the oppression comes on regular Americans that would like to just be free and, and live the way God created us to be. So, yeah, we're in a deep set of trouble, and there's some parallels to the, to the era of the founding of this nation, you know, 1775, 76. Some of these things are on us again today. I mean, turn to your Declaration of Independence. It's acts of pretended legislation. That's the the uh, 13th uh, offense of the king in the declaration. He has sent swarms of officers to harass our people. That That's the 10th point, if you will, of the offenses of the king out of the declaration. Uh, it's They've basically removed, uh, I mean, the, uh, justice has been obstructed. You know, that that's the eighth point out of the declaration. There is no and more Patrick justice Henry, in our system. Patrick Henry, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Sam Adams, uh, these early patriots understood these principles, and we must carry them forward. We must carry their legacy forward, Doctor. Well, that's, that's absolutely true. And, and you, look at, at, you look at the 21st offense of the king. He's fundamentally altered the forms of our government. That's what's happening in America today. The thing that we ratified, this Constitution, is being fundamentally altered. And in fact, Obama talked about fundamentally changing our government, and they have been. But see, Americans don't know the limits and bounds. Most Americans, maybe your listeners do, I don't know, but, and I hope they do. But, but what's happening is it's not just slipping through our fingers. We are in free fall in this land today. 
And when, when a, uh, a woman in Congress can openly suggest that Nazis in the streets burning and pillaging and plundering and, and all of that stuff going on is, is given a pass, largely because of the color of her skin and, and her political uh, inclinations. I mean, it's like, holy cow, I don't care what color somebody's skin is. I care about the principles they stand for. That is how I judge every single person's action. Do you, what principles do you stand with? And, and they're very simple and straightforward if we'll just take the time to, to try and understand and embrace them, and, and we can restore everything the way it is. But, but right now, there aren't very many standing tall. There's not many standing in the gap. There just aren't. And it's a tragic Well, Liberty Roundtable Live aims to educate and inform and bring these things up consistently. It's about God, family, and country every time, all the time. Uh, and, you know, I know some may not be as religious as I or whatever you want to say, but, folks, if we don't turn to God and repent, then we miss the opportunity, the promised blessing biblically that he's issued us. If we repent and turn to him, he will heal our land and protect us. And, boy, howdy, do we need that like nobody's business. And we need to understand that Patrick Henry uh, brought up valuable points. Uh, Sam Adams uh, and, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson and some of these early patriots, they understood that, you know what, we better defend our liberty or we will lose it. And many now are deceived into trading their security for liberty. They'll wind up with neither. And so it's, it's, it's really important that we provide the, I don't know, it almost reminds me of John the Baptist, if you will. Not that we're trying to elevate ourselves to that status necessarily, but we are trying to say we need to cry in the wilderness uh, and, and make sure that the people hear loud and clear our witness and our warning about the problems, what we're facing, but most importantly, the solutions and what we're advocating for. Because a lot of people complain about the problems. Very few people tie it to solutions at the end of the day. Doctor, final words, yours, 20 seconds. Okay, the very end of the declaration, and we need to do this, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, and with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. We need to return to those days, folks. Amen to that. It is about God, family, and country, and it is about people standing up for principle, not standing up for individuals. We don't need an individual Savior. We've already got one. It's Jesus Christ, God Almighty, and His Son, Jesus Christ, that will save us. No other will get that done. But in the meantime, we need to pledge our honor, our sacred honors, and our fortunes, and everything for the sacred cause of liberty. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, freedomsrisingsun.com, lovingliberty.net, tell the tale of liberty, would you please? God save the republic.